0: If you love listening to podcasts, then you might love audiobooks too. And that's why I recommend Audible. Audible is the best app in the world to download and enjoy audiobooks. And with seemingly infinite titles, including the Game of Thrones series, Harry Potter, Lean In, and more, I guarantee you'll find the perfect audiobook for you. A great feature that'll come in handy is you can download all of your titles on any device and listen offline. This is, of course, particularly useful when traveling or during long commutes, and we all know it's simply a drag to sit in a train, plane, or bus with nothing to help time go by a little faster. For the listeners of Sleep and Relax ASMR, you'll get a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial if you go to audibletrial.com slash sleepandrelaxasmr. The audiobook I recommend is Stephen King's The Shining because, um, well, I'm a sucker for fiction and there's something amazing about listening to a well-told horror story to pass time. So that's audibletrial.com slash sleepandrelaxASMR to claim your 30-day trial and get one free download. Welcome to another episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR. This episode, uh, I thought we would chat a little bit about ASMR and what exactly it is, you know, what is it, common triggers, and more. And it's an episode that will uh, help answer some questions related to the topic, and hopefully you'll find it rather soothing and relaxing, and will help you doze off and sleep, maybe. For those of you who have listened to the show for a while, the format of this episode will likely be familiar. That's because I will probably be reading straight from Wikipedia most of the episode. Um, But I may use other sources. So this is not exactly an ASM article episode. But um, I will rely heavily on Wikipedia. I just get a lot of questions about ASMR, why it is I have a podcast podcast. That is, an ASMR podcast. And I thought, how better to answer that question than to make an episode about the topic. So, autonomous sensory meridian response, ASMR, is a term used for an experience characterized by a static-like or tingling sensation on the skin that typically begins on the scalp, moves down the back of the neck and upper spine. It's been compared with auditory tactile synesthesia, a term that I had never heard prior to reading it now for the first time. ASMR signifies the subjective experience of quote-unquote low-grade euphoria characterized by a combination of positive feelings and a distinct static-like tingling sensation on the skin. It is most commonly triggered by specific acoustic, visual, and digital media stimuli, and less commonly by intentional attentional control. Which is why roleplay videos are very popular because some people really enjoy them and That helps them achieve that uh, low grade of euphoria. The term Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response was coined coined on February 25, 2010 by Jennifer Allen, a cybersecurity professional residing in New York, in the introduction to a Facebook group she founded entitled The ASMR Group. Prior to the subsequent social consensus, that led to what is now the ubiquitous adoption of that term. Other names were proposed and discussed at a number of locations, including the Steady Health uh, Forum, the Society of Sensationalists Yahoo group, and the Unnamed Feeling blog. Proposed formal names included attention-induced head orgasm, attention... these are all different names, by the way. Attention-induced euphoria and attention-induced observant euphoria While colloquial terms in usage included Brain massage, head tingle, brain tingle, spine tingle, and brain orgasm Which is brilliant That's kind of what I equate it to when I experience ASMR It's kind of like a brain orgasm Really beautiful feeling Whilst many colloquial and formal terms used and proposed between 2007 and 2010 included reference to orgasm, there was during that time a significant majority objection to its use among those active in online discussions, many of whom have continued to persist in differentiating the euphoric and relaxing nature of ASMR from sexual arousal. However, by 2015, a division had occurred within the ASMR community over the subject of sexual arousal, with some creating videos characterized as ASMR erotica. Well, ASMR erotica. I read that poorly. I apologize. Which are deliberately designed to be sexually stimulating. The initial consensus among the ASMR community was that the name should not pose a high risk of the phenomenon being perceived as sexual. Given that consensus, Allen proposed autonomous sensory meridian response. Allen chose the words intending or assuming them to have the following specific meanings. Autonomous to mean spontaneous self-governing within or without control. Sensory, meaning pertaining to the senses of sensation, meridian signifying a peak, climax, or point of highest development, response referring to an experience triggered by something external or internal. Alan verified in a 2016 interview that she purposely selected these terms because they were more objective, comfortable, and clinical than alternative terms for the sensation she explained she selected the word meridian to replace the word orgasm due to its meaning of point or period of greatest prosperity. The term autonomous sensory meridian response and its initialism, ASMR, were adopted by both the community of contributors to online discussions and those reporting and commentating on the phenomenon. Sensation The subjective experience, sensation, and perceptual phenomenon now widely identified by the term autonomous sensory meridian response is described by some of those susceptible to it as quote-unquote, akin to a mild electrical current or the carbonated bubbles in a glass of champagne. That's a great way to describe it. That for me is sort of how I experience it, which is, I um, for, for me, typically it's um, low spoken voices sort of like the tone I have right now and a mixture of that with maybe uh, some whispers here and there and it doesn't really matter the subject matter of you know the episode or the whatever um, it's just a certain tone that I really like and I sort of feel that sensation of carbonated bubbles um typically start on my head and it kind of just flows down that's my body it's it's again it's a wonderful feeling hopefully at different points of this episode you get the exact same uh, sensation that is the goal of the podcast of course so now we'll move on to triggers feeling a little bit under the weather again today, so that's why I'm a little bit short of breath, so I try not to breathe too heavily into the uh, microphone, um, so bear with me, ASMR is usually precipitated by stimuli, referred to as triggers. ASMR triggers, which are most commonly acoustic and visual, may be encountered through the interpersonal interactions of daily life. Additionally, ASMR is often triggered by exposure to specific audio and video. Such media may be especially made without the specific purpose of triggering ASMR, or originally created for the purposes and later discovered to be effective as a trigger of the experience. Stimuli that can trigger ASMR, as reported by those who experience it, include the following. Listening to a softly spoken or whispering voice, which is the podcast, this podcast. Listening to quiet, repetitive sounds resulting from someone engaging in a mundane task, such as turning the pages of a book. We've used that a couple times as well watching somebody attentively execute a mundane task such as preparing food um, receiving altruistic tender personal attention and I think there was another one here that I had and for some reason I can't see it but those are the most common basically I think role play performing simple mundane tasks in a very relaxing way which is often aided by a visual, um, you know, a video of some sort. Um, those two things coupled together create a, a great trigger. And then just a soft spoken or whispered voice. Whispering triggers. Psychologists Nick Davis and Emma Barat discovered that whispering was an effective trigger for 75% of the 475 subjects who took part in an experiment to investigate the nature of ASMR. And that statistic is reflected in the popularity of intentional ASMR videos that comprise uh, of someone speaking in a whispered or low-spoken voice. Which, again, is this podcast. And that's really, for me, this, again, the format of this podcast is typically what I find the most relaxing. So that's why I, you know, typically, I mean, that's why I started the podcast is because I just wanted a podcast that consistently had someone whispering or low speaking. And occasionally, you know, the sound of rain or a desert or a rainforest or traffic, a cafe, you know, you know, kind of just a different experience every week. Um. Continuing on the theme of triggers, where did I leave off here? Acoustic triggers. Many of those who experience ASMR report that some specific non vocal ambient noises are also effective triggers of ASMR, including those produced by finger scratching or tapping a surface, the crushing of eggshells. That's a great idea. I should really try that episode. The crinkling and crumpling of a flexible material such as paper, writing, or a person eating, which I've done a couple of eating episodes that you should listen to if you haven't. Personal attention role play triggers. In addition to the effectiveness of specific acoustic stimuli, Many subjects report that ASMR is triggered by the receipt of tender personal attention, often comprising combined physical touch and vocal expression, such as when having them having their hair cut, nails painted, ears cleaned, or back massaged, whilst the service provider speaks quietly to the recipient. That's why YouTube has so much great so much great ASMR content, right? That kind of combines the two. That's why Roleplay is so popular on YouTube. It's a really wonderful combination. So now we'll move on from triggers and we'll touch on background and history. The contemporary history of ASMR began on October nineteenth, two 2007 when a 21-year-old registered user of a discussion forum for health-related subjects at a website called Steady Health with the username <laughs> OK Whatever submitted a post in which they described having experienced a specific sensation since childhood, comparable to that stimulated by tracing fingers along the skin, yet often triggered by seemingly random and unrelated non haptic events such as watching the puppet watching a puppet show or being read a story. Replies to this post which indicated that a significant number of others experienced a sensation to which OK Whatever referred, also in response to witnessing mundane events, um, precipitated the formation of a number of web-based locations intended to facilitate further discussion and analysis of the phenomenon for which there was plentiful anecdotal accounts, yet no consensus, agreed name, nor scientific data. Interesting. I'm learning all this as well for the first time, right? A lot of this I'm reading for the first time. So I understood that ASMR is a relatively new phenomenon and, and one that I, well, not a new phenomenon, but something that is um, gaining a lot of notoriety and, and recognition. Um, so it's just kind of interesting to hear how, you know, a person whose username was OK, whatever posted about in 2007, and since then it seems to have really um, kind of taken up a world of its own. Um, a Yahoo groups called the Society of Sensationalists Founded on December 12th, 2008 by a user named Ryan, a.k.a. Mystery, uh, created a blog or wrote a blog titled The Unnamed Feeling, which launched on February 13th, 2010. Excuse me, the article was, the blog was launched by Andrew McMurris and was called The Unnamed Feeling. An ASMR Facebook group founded on February 2015, 2010, by Jennifer Allen, um, and a subreddit form created by an individual with the username. <laughs> some of these things I just can't. Mr. Stoned One on 28th of February, 2011. These are basically just a. The uh, articles mentioning just a, a host of different blogs and forums that really. Um, combined started creating a lot of forward momentum for this idea of ASMR being legitimized as a, I guess, as a phenomenon. Earlier History of ASMR Austrian writer Clemens J. Setz suggests that a passage from the novel Mrs. Dalloway, authored by Virginia Woolf and published in 1925, describes something distinctly comparable. In the passage from Mrs. Dalloway, cited by Sets, a nursemaid speaks to the man, who is her patient, deeply, softly, like a mellow organ, but with a roughness in her voice like a grasshopper's, which rasped his spine deliciously and sent running up into his brain waves of sound. According to Sense, this citation generally alludes to the effectiveness of the human voice and soft or whispered vocal sounds, spe- specifically as a trigger of ASMR. For many of those who experienced it As demonstrated by the Responsive comments posted on YouTube videos That depict someone speaking softly Or whispering, typically directly To a camera That's pretty cool So now I think We should move on to Scientific commentary A number of scientists have published or made public their reaction to and opinions of ASMR. On March 12, 2012, Stephen Novella, Director of General Neurology at the Yale School of Medicine and an active contributor to widely reported uh, and academically cited discussion and debate on topics related to neurology, uh, published a post about ASMR on Neurologica, a blog dedicated to his writings on neuroscience. In it, Novella says that he always starts his investigations of such phenomena by asking whether or not it is real. Regarding ASMR, Novella says sorry, I lost it. Here we go. Novella says, In this case, I don't think there is a definitive answer, but I'm inclined to believe that it is. There are a number of people who seem to have independently experienced and described it with fairly specific details. Um in this way, it's similar to migraine headaches. We know they exist as a syndrome primarily because many different people report the same constellation of symptoms and natural history. Novell attentively posits the possibilities that ASMR might be either a type of pleasurable seizure or another way to activate the quote-unquote pleasure response. However, Novella Novella draws attention to the lack of scientific investigation into ASMR, suggesting that functional magnetic resonance imaging (fMRI) should be used to study the brains of people who experience ASMR in comparison to people who do not, as a way of beginning to seek scientific understanding and explanation of the phenomenon. A lot of fact nuggets in this one. I think we'll finish off with statistics. In addition to the information collected from the 475 subjects who participated in the scientific investigation conducted by Nick Davies and Emma brat there have been two attempts to... Co- collate statistical data pertaining to the demographics, personal history, clinical conditions, and subjective experience of those who were susceptibility to to ASMR. Firstly, in December 2012, Craig Richard, a blogger on the subject of ASMR, published the first results of a poll comprising 12 questions that he had received 161 respondents, followed by second results in August 2015, by which time there were 477 responses. Uh, Secondly, in August 2014, Craig Richard, Jennifer Allen, and Carissa Burnett published a survey at SurveyMonkey that was reviewed by Shenandoah University Institutional Review Board. Um, In September 2015, when the survey had received 13,000 responses, the publishers announced that they were analyzing the data with intent to publish the results. No such publication or report is yet available. It's interesting. I mean, it's definitely a very real phenomenon and, um, I've experienced it and I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably experience it, um, to some degree. It's definitely not a sensation that, you know, just sends huge shivers down my back or anything like that. But again, it kind of feels like little bubbles forming at the top of my head and just kind of in a very nice way and kind of spreading itself down throughout my body. But uh, I think we'll leave it there for this episode. Um, yeah, I hope that answers some of the questions on what is ASMR, some of the common triggers, is it real or is it not? What does, you know, statistics and data have to say on the topic? Um, if you have any questions for the show, you can always email us at hello at sleepandrelaxasmr.com. You can check out our website, sleepandrelaxasmr.com relax and uh, yeah. If you have suggestions on episodes you'd like to see me do, or um, anything of that nature, you can always uh, just send us an email, and uh, we respond fairly quickly. So, with that, um, I'm going to say that that is the end of this episode. Thanks as always for listening, and. Take care.